the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus, or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there really a God, and where is he when I'm truly suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every weeknight at this time. Over the next 30 minutes, you are going to hear a small taste of what Pastor Dudley Rutherford's teaching ministry is all about. Let's join Dudley right now as he begins his message for us tonight. Whoever you are and whatever your circumstances are, I want you to know that when you walked in here today, you walked into a church that desires to offer hope to those who are hurting. We, we want to offer that to you. I don't know if you know this by nature, we are hopeful people. Did you know that? You don't have to be taught that. You just naturally are hopeful. When you go to school, no one had to tell you, you just hope you graduate. When you go to school and you graduate, you hope you get a what? You hope you get a job. It's just natural. When you're single, you hope you get married one day. If you're married, I got to say this correctly. You know, when you get married, you hope that you have children one day. And when you're married with children, you hope one day those children leave the house. Just get out of here. There comes a time. And we all, we're all hopeful. And I want to speak to you today on the subject of hope arises. Hope arises. I want you to take your Bibles today and turn to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. We'll put these verses up here uh, on the screen in just a few moments. And inside your bulletin, I want you to look inside there. There's, a ser- there's some sermon notes. And uh, we do this every week at Shepherd, uh, 52 weeks a year when you come to church. Inside your bulletin are, is a sermon outline. And we encourage you, if you want, to take some notes and to follow along, uh, if you will. And uh, what we do uh, is we like to teach. And people say, what kind of church do you have all the time? And I say, we're just a church that likes to teach the Bible. And so today we're going to teach what the Bible uh, says about the resurrection. Now the last six weeks, whether you have been here or not, our church has been in a sermon series Uh, that culminates today and we've been looking at mark 14 15 and 16 and we're going to look at mark 16 everybody say 16 but six weeks ago we started back in mark chapter 14 just to catch you up to speed jesus is in the upper room and he's with his disciples and they instituted he instituted what's called the lord's supper after the uh, upper room scene jesus leaves there and he goes 
east across this valley in, outside of Jerusalem uh, to an area called the Mount of Olives. At the base of the Mount of Olives, there's an area called the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was arrested and he was betrayed by Judas for 30 pieces of silver. He then goes to what we know before a Jewish trial, a religious trial, and then he goes through a political trial or a Roman trial. And then we came to Mark chapter 15, and in Mark chapter 15 is where the Bible says that Pilate handed Jesus over to be crucified. At the very end of Mark chapter 15, the Bible says he was taken off the cross, his body was wrapped in linen, he was placed inside a tomb, and they placed a large stone in front of the mouth of that tomb. And at that moment, at that moment, when Jesus is in the tomb and his body is deteriorating, it appears at that moment that everything is hopeless. His disciples are now in hiding. They're scared to death because they think they're next, and who knows, maybe they are. Satan is clapping his hands because he thinks he finally has defeated Jesus. And death appears to have the final word. But as the great Yogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over. We come to Mark chapter 16. The Bible says that when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. That was a common uh, custom back in that day that you would take, go to the dead body and you would take these spices uh, and you would throw them on the dead body to help the odor uh, not be so strong of a decaying body. And that's what these ladies were doing for Jesus. Verse 2, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, the ladies were on their way to the tomb. Verse 3, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? It's a very good question. Verse 4, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, it had already been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, in verse 5, they saw an angel dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and the ladies were alarmed. And the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified, but he has risen. He's no longer here. See the place where they laid him. And all God's people said... Now, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus Christ came out of that grave, it proves something about him, but it provides something for us here today. It proves that he is the Messiah, that he is who he claimed to be. It's not just that he was a good man. Everybody knows he was a good man. It's not just that he was a wise teacher. Everybody knows he was a wise rabbi. It's not just that he was a moral man. Why, everybody knew that Jesus was a moral man. Jesus, the cornerstone, the founder of Christianity, he died 2,000 years ago on a cross between two thieves. 
They took him off the cross. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again, proving, validating that he is the Messiah. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Son of the living God. Amen, amen, amen. What the resurrection means for you and me is that your past can be forgiven. That is some good news because no matter how good we look here on Sunday morning, and I got to tell you, some of you look good, (laughs) but no matter how good we look, the truth is we've all said stuff that we wish we hadn't said. We've all done things that we wish we hadn't done. We've all thought things that we wish we hadn't thought. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I've looked at that word all. That word all means all. And Peter says in verse 39, we were witnesses of everything that he, Jesus, did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And they killed him by hanging him on a cross. Verse 40, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen verse 43 says all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins through his name i just want you to think about this that whoever you are and whatever you've done in your past that dishonored god that today before you leave That your past, your sins, can be completely forgiven through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he, God, removed our transgressions from us. You can have a clean slate. You can have a fresh start. You can have a new beginning Just by believing in the one who died and rose again, your sins can be forgiven. And all God's people said, amen. Let's thank the Lord for that. Come on. Number two, here's the second thing. Your present, here right now, right where you live, your situations can be overcome. You see, serving Jesus is not just about the next life. Some of you are confused. You think Jesus, all this stuff is about the next life. It is, it's not just about the next life. It's about this life. Did you know that God specializes in the impossible? Jesus Christ coming up out of the grave seems impossible, but he specializes in the impossible. The Bible says in Matthew 19, with God, all things are possible. Did you know that most people statistically believe that Jesus conquered the grave? If I asked for a poll right here, how many of you believe that Jesus conquered the grave? Most of you would say yes. Statistically, most people believe that. But here's another way of looking at this. Do you believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, do you believe that that power is available to you today, here and now, whatever you're going through? According to the Bible, here's what the Bible says, he, God, who raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit 
who lives in you. I hope you got that. The same power that raised Jesus from the the grave is the same power that's available to you once you become a Christian. God puts his spirit, that power, inside of you. And if God has the power to raise Jesus from the dead, then God certainly can help you overcome any situation you are facing today. Oh, listen, listen. If God can raise a dead man, God can raise a dead marriage. If God can breathe life into a dead man, God can breathe life into your career or into your finances. If God can restore a man who's been decaying in a grave for three days, then God can restore your health here today. If God can conquer a morbid situation with life and victory, then God can conquer your depression. He can conquer your doubts. He can conquer your fears with life and victory. You see, because Jesus conquered the grave, we have the hope that in any situation, because of that resurrection, we know that there is no problem that's too big for God to solve. Now, I want you to write this down. You can put your hope in one of two things. You can put your hope in something, or you can put your hope in someone. If you put your hope in something, you're hoping that that thing that you're trusting in is going to bring about a particular outcome. Here's the problem. Write this down. The problem is, this is important, things wear out. That thing that you want, that you think you need, is going to bring you happiness. It doesn't bring happiness. Write this word down. It won't be on the screen. Things are temporary. They leave you empty on the inside. 1 Peter 1.3, look at this quickly. In God's great mercy, and God is a merciful God, he has given us what the Bible calls new birth. These are people who follow Christ. It's a new birth into what's called a living hope. You're still here living. You have hope while you're living here on this earth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Notice two words, the word hope and the word resurrection. In the New Testament, the word hope is found 71 times. It's found once before the resurrection. It's found 70 times after the resurrection. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can deduct where God wants my help to come from. He wants me to know that real hope, genuine hope, comes not from something. True hope comes from someone, write this down, the resurrected Christ. That's where our hope comes from. If your hope is based on your employment or your career, then like the stock market, there's going to be times where you hit rock bottom. If your hope is based on your physical health, hey, you're just one test away from being depressed. If your hope is built on what people think of you, then your anxiety and depression are going to wash over you like the waves of the sea. But if your hope is based on the all-powerful God who specializes in the impossible, you can have hope in the midst of your crisis. You can have hope in spite of your circumstances. You can have hope regardless of your difficulties because your hope is based on a God 
who conquered the grave. Amen? Amen. Number three, your past can be forgiven. Your present can be overcome. All this is the good stuff. The future, your future, can be secured. One of our universal problems because of our mortal bodies is we all have to face the reality of death. Everybody dies. Your pastor, one day I'm going to die. I've said this. I used to say it about the newspaper. Now it's Facebook. One day you are going to log on to Facebook and you're going to see that Pastor Dudley died. It's going to happen. Or I'm going to log on and I'm going to see that you died. Ah, That's not so funny now, is it? (laughs) I want to ask you a serious question. Which do you think is going to happen first? Nobody wants to talk about that. But the Bible says, here's what the Bible says, Hebrews 9. This is in the Bible. It says that man is destined to die. What does that mean? It means it's your destiny. It's your destiny. I want you to think about that. The Bible says this, man is destined to die once, and then after that, you're going to face the judgment. You say, well, what in the world is that? Well, here's what, here's what the Bible says it is. One day, the Bible says that every man will stand before an almighty God, and that we will have to give an account for every word that we have ever said, and we will have to give an account For every deed we have ever done. Think about that. And the next verse says, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. Now that's what Christ did on Good Friday when he dies. He dies on that cross. Remember he hangs there for six hours and he says, It is finished. He paid the price. So here's here's how this whole thing is going to go down. Are you listening to me? This this is how it's going to work. Father Time's going to come get me. You're going to read about it on Facebook. I'm going to stand before an almighty God, and I am going to have to give an account for every word I have ever said and every deed I've ever done. But Christ is going to be standing there right next to me. Because on this earth... I have put my faith and trust in Jesus. At that moment when I'm standing before God, God's going to be looking at my list because it's all written down. And God's going to look at me and he's going to say, Dudley, 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 and you call yourself a preacher. You know, that's what he's going to say to me. And Jesus is going to say, Father, Dudley is guilty of all those things. He did them all. You know that. I'm not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. But I do want you to know, Father, that when I died on that cross 2,000 years ago, that I, Jesus, paid the penalty for all of Dudley's sins. I already took on the consequences, the payment, the penalty for all of his sins. And God is going to say, all right, Dudley, you can come on in because of what my son did for you on the cross. You see how that works? Now, here's the rest of this verse. It says, and, everybody say the word and. Oh, man, there's a lot of stuff happening after you die. The Bible says, and he will appear a second time. See, he came once 2,000 years ago. But the Bible says, and he will appear a second time. He's not coming to bear sin. 
He's coming to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. The question is this. Are you waiting? If Jesus Christ came back this very moment, are you ready? Have you been living? Have you been serving? Have you been worshiping? Have you been following Him? The question is, do you want salvation? Do you want, do you want your future secured? Do you want to know when old Father Time comes? Do you want an assurance that one day you're going to go to heaven? Would you like to have your assurances as easy as A, B, C, D? Write this down. Letter A. We've got to do it quick. A, you have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to admit. You know, God already knows we've done wrong. He's just waiting for us to tell him we're sorry for those things. B, write this down, you've got to believe. The Bible says, Jesus said to her in John chapter 11, now pay attention to these words, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he what? Even though he dies. Look at that again. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And that's, that's me, that's you. If you believe in Jesus, even when you die, that's not the end. You're going to live for all of eternity in heaven if you believe in Jesus Christ. That's what that verse says. Let her see. Confess. You've got to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody say Lord. That word means king, ruler, master, boss. It means that you confess with your mouth, Jesus, I want you to be the ruler of my life. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The letter D is declare. We were therefore buried with him through baptism. That's what your baptism is. And when you get baptized, you're just declaring that you believe that Jesus died and that he was buried and you believe that he resurrected. Look at that verse. It says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism in order that as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. A, B, C, D. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want your past forgiven? Do you want help right now in your current situation? You've got to admit that you're a sinner. You've got to put your faith and trust and belief in Jesus Christ. Confess him to be the Lord. Be baptized, declaring that you believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection, and your future will be eternally secured. Amen. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, 
you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.